everyone. Welcome to Dr. MC's Self-Care Cabaret Podcast. I'm Teresa Melito-Connors, a doctoral level educational administrator and mental health practitioner focused on helping you, our world's helpers. Every day, we have a choice to prioritize our well-being, to incorporate reflection, recovery, renewal, and resilience strategies into our lives. However, those of us who step up and serve our communities in healthcare, education, nonprofit spaces, and more can struggle with putting ourselves first. I've seen it firsthand, and it's a challenge. Enter Dr. MC's Self Care Cabaret Podcast. Here, we have real, intimate conversations with leading experts passionate about accessible, sustainable self-care in its 10 domains. It's all about the hard work we can take on together to find our spotlight. And with that, today, we are going to talk about things that bring you joy. If you've been listening to me for a while, you likely know that dancing is one of the things that brings me immense joy, as it has for decades. Maybe you also find joy in movement. If not, that's okay. But I encourage you to get in touch with and engage with things that bring you joy. Think about when it is that you feel joyful. Maybe it's when you're baking or cooking or creating something, walking, drinking tea, spending time with a loved one, whatever it is, you just need to get back in touch with that. And if you can't think of anything that brings you joy, maybe you need to think back in the way back machine to when you were a lot younger. What did you enjoy when you were a kid? How can you invite more of that into your life and reconnect with that childhood passion? Another thing I always loved growing up was art and specifically scratchboard art. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but it's like the black kind of paper and you use a little tool to kind of scratch away at the design. I used to do these really intricate designs and just had a really good time with that. My pieces in high school, we even entered into a scholastic globe show here in Boston. Um, I didn't end up winning anything or it might have been honorable mention, actually, but that's not the point. I was able to reconnect with that when the pandemic hit. I found myself really seeking and feeling an urge to create. So I dug out some old supplies and went at it. It was so relaxing and cathartic to connect with this childhood passion so many years later. I even end up, ended up loving what I created so much that I framed it and gave it to, as special gifts to loved ones. And with that, today's guest knows all about connecting with joy and using movement and dance as a path to healing. I am delighted to welcome Mazi Polino. Mazi is the director of Ritmos Dance Studio, and she's a licensed social worker. Mazi describes herself as a dance teacher turned therapist with a goal to bring movement to the lives of others for healing. So cool. She recently completed her dance movement therapy certification, which has sparked an entrepreneurial adventure to shed light on expressive therapies and expand the Ritmos model to offer more to her community. I met Mazi through the E for All, the Entrepreneurship for All program I did um, last year, I think it was, and just immediately fell in love with her energy and her vibe and the way she is bringing dance and healing to her community. I'm thrilled to chat with her today. And with that, here is our conversation. All right, we're up and running. 
Very exciting. Thank you so much, Mozzie, for joining me today on the Dr. MC podcast. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. This is amazing. I was very excited to be asked to to be on this podcast. Yeah, well, I watch all your Instagram videos and I've watched you, obviously, when we were working together last year in the Eve All program and all your amazing content and all the cool things you're doing and everything you stand for. And I'm like, ah, we need to get her on the podcast. I think we tried. (laughs) I think we tried last year, but schedules just just didn't align. But it's all good. You're here now. We're here. We're here now. Maybe it was meant to be. (laughs) Absolutely. So let's dive right in. My first question that I love to ask everyone is how do you like to practice self-care? Ah, you know, I think this has changed over the years. Um, But of course, one of the biggest ones is dance and movement for myself. Um, And I say that because in the context of being like a dance educator and a director and kind of doing all the the need to do's, um, you kind of, I I kind of, and I I know dancers in the same position can uh, relate to this. We forget to kind of move for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we go from like the, the directive role and kind of educating in that way, but just doing it for ourselves. Um, so I try to take classes as much as I can for myself. I am always kind of, you know, in that mindset of being a student all the time. Um, I have built my at home, like dance studio and little like yoga spot for myself. So I'm always somehow moving, uh, within my body kind of staying connected to that. But besides moving, I love kind of hanging out with my pets, taking walks, being out in nature um, and spending very intentional um, nothing time mm. with myself. Ooh, I love so, that. yeah, I, I feel like we we're so good at, um, I guess, filling our, you know, the day. There's a lot yeah. of noise, right? Whether our smartphones, if you work remotely. Um, if you work uh, with other humans and kind of talk to people all day, but like, ha- when's the last time you actually just sat al- like and did nothing, mm-hmm. sat alone and did nothing, um, which is very hard. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm great at it, uh, but I'm very thankful for like, you know, med- guided meditations and stuff like that, because I think I'm trying to get to a place where I can sit in the doing nothing and be okay with it. So it's a new, it's a new uh, form of self-care that I'm practicing right now. I love that. You you bring up yeah. several important points. One, how you mentioned it first, that you feel like your self-care has evolved over time. Mm-hmm. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Like what maybe was it in the past or maybe it didn't exist as much in the past? Yeah, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. of course. <laughs> I'll go more with the, uh, it didn't exist in the past. I, I Or maybe I thought it existed, right? In the sense, you know, we think of self-care, we think of, you know, I love, you know, I love getting my nails done. I love getting my hair did. I love kind of like pampering myself in that way. Um, and that, and it does fall under self-care. I think for me, it was kind of like, if I check those things off, I should be feeling good. Yeah, sure. Right. Right. Like I showed up for myself. I did something for me. I, you know, bought my favorite pizza and ate it by myself and watched Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> That's very, it's very therapeutic. It's very relaxing and it's very, it is filling your cup. Um, but I think that what I mentioned before is that like, I felt like I checked it off and like, I'm okay. Right. I did this one thing this one time in this crazy, busy life of mine, and I should be fine and happy and dandy. Um, And I think for myself, when like five, six years ago, when I started my own kind of therapeutic um, journey and healing, I realized that 
oh, self-care is a little different. I, and it's different for, it's relative. It's different for, for, for the individual, but the intent of pouring into yourself as a sense, uh, as an intentional practice, as opposed to like a to-do list, yeah. right? Something that I'm checking off for myself. So I think for me, the involve the involvement of self care is the building building it routinely into my yeah, life. Beautiful, nicely. Put. So it doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't feel like I'm kind of like oh I'm going to check this off. It's just building it into my life, right? So that it I can maintain that sense of balance. And I think that's where the evolution has come for me. And I and I am so happy to be where I am right now because of it. Yeah. Beautiful. And yeah, I mean, Manny Petty, sure. Spa days, great. But like, those are like surface level, like self care stuff, right? Yeah. Like we really yeah. hear the self care cabaret. And as you know, in my work, like, we really t- we want to mm-hmm. talk, get into like the nitty gritty stuff, like how you really mm-hmm. show up in the world, how you yeah. feed yourself, how you move your body, how you mm. soothe, how you just stay grounded, mm. how you rest, your relationships, like all yeah. that, all that oh stuff. Oh my God. Yes. Don't, and don't get me together with, you know, a group of my girlfriends and a few <laughs> drinks and like that is just as therapeutic and having those like really deep uh, intimate conversations with people and kind of just being human Um, it's it's so beats the surface level stuff Um, and and it's very much I think every time I have one of those experiences it's a reminder that I should do this more yeah yeah for sure so nice yeah. thank you so much for sharing so of course as you know we both have a shared love of dance i've been dancing yes. since i was very little and it's definitely I something it. i mean it brings me immense joy decades later i don't do it professionally mm. anymore i'm not choreographing mm-hmm. professionally anymore but it's still part of me now it's just like for me though yeah <laughs> whatever that means i love like, it like it's just be and i love it yeah it might just be throwing on a song and having a five minute dance party whatever i'm vibing to or getting out yeah. and taking a class whatever but it's for me on my terms <laughs> mm-hmm. and I love it <laughs> yeah so I'm wondering like what how would you describe kind of the connection between dance and healing mm, that's one of those things yeah it's so I always I when I hear these questions it's so like juicy and in depth and like almost hard to put into words yeah. so I always like to kind of quote like so the American Dance Therapy Association says so dance movement therapy right it's the psychological use of movement for social emotional cognitive physical integration right and then when i kind of i guess water that down for myself in terms of every day it's it's just really it's the mind body the mind and our body is is interconnected mm. right we're not one without the other it's it dances it's it's liberating in in practice it's liberating in itself right outside of like very much even with a background and being a, a studio dancer and you know learning choreography and really learning to um train our bodies and grow our skill set i think there's something to moving freely and moving without limitations that shares so much of who we are mm. and it's just the opportunity to step into our bodies, choosing to notice what's within our bodies and leaving out the, the, the intellect. And I think that in itself is a very therapeutic practice and it's very healing Yeah. when we can kind of step out of the mind. You know what? Let's turn the mind off for a little bit. It's going to be running either way. Our minds are running all the time, <laughs> right? 
but let's drop this and just kind of listen to our body. And I think for when I um, bring that up to a lot of people who kind of are interested in the work I do, it's like, well, think about it, right? Most of the times our bodies know when we're going to have a bad day before we know we're going to have a bad day. Our bodies know when we're going to get sick before we realize we're sick. Our bodies can can feel the anxiety of the presentation or the podcast interview two or three days before it's even come to our mind, oh crap, there's a podcast interview I have to do, right? And imagine being so connected with our bodies that we are able to pick up on that for ourselves and then work within that and work within our bodies to like heal. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I feel something coming on. I feel I'm getting sick. I feel I'm getting anxious. Let me check in with myself. Let me check in with my body and address it now. And I think I love that dance and our bodies and going into our bodies and using movement is so preventative absolutely we're right we're in a world um and i love the medical field and i love all my people out there and you know i'm uh i'm a licensed clinical social worker by practice and i love when you can do preventative work and not reactive work and so that is like for me that's my spinoff on that and i can go for days and days but (laughs) uh yes dance healing it's preventative let's get in our bodies let's get out of our head um and let's kind of be in tune with that for ourselves yeah i love that and it's so true and that's really when we talk about self-care like that foundational like really getting into it like it is preventative Mm. and it is proactive against the onset of mental health symptoms you know Mm -hmm. job burnout and you know we're seeing so much of that because people are very disconnected from their physical body yeah so i love that awesome yeah and i know you have you know a very strong dance background and i'm sure you would say it's profoundly impacted your life as (laughs) as it has for me yeah you talk a little bit about that and i'm curious what your favorite style of dance is oh my goodness i have so many favorites (laughs) um i'm just like it's so funny when people ask me that i'm like i'm a mover i love just dancing yeah all right so dance has been a part of my life at this point for a little bit over maybe even 15 years I, I didn't start dancing until I was in middle school. Um, I was kind of like, you know, in, in a dance world, if you come from a true, you know, uh, classical dance that's world, late. that's late. <laughs> I was late in the game. It's all good. Uh, and so I was 12, 13 and absolutely hated it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was dragged into it. And it, it was one of those things that, for me, looking back at it, and, and even it, this is coming up in this conversation very organically, I was so disconnected from my mm. body, right? I was a very shy kid. I was very introverted. I was uh, a tomboy and really kind of just trying myself, find myself and trying to figure all of that out. And on top of ill middle school age, like mm. horrible. The most awkward right? age ever. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Horrible. So, um, Parents enrolled me in dance to really kind of build my self-esteem. This is me knowing this as an adult now, right? I thought I was forced, um, which I was, but it was really, their intent was to build my self-esteem and to kind of just get me out of my shell, um, which happened pretty quickly after I lost my, like, what I claimed was a disgust for or uncomfortable for dance, (laughs) my uncomfortability. And I was like, wait, I think there's something to this. 
right? I think there's something to this. And I'm actually, I hate to admit that I'm starting to enjoy it. Oh man, don't you hate when your parents are right? <laughs> my, parents, my parents were right. Um, and I remember taking my first hip hop class and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I can move in such different ways. Um, and I love this is a podcast because you guys can't see at all how I'm moving, answering all these questions. But She's I'm a, moving I'm, all just... over the place. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a mover. So I took a first hip hop class and really broke out of my shell there. Um, I still remember my first hip hop teacher, Miss Cassie. She moved to Texas a long time ago and she was amazing. But favorite styles. So um, well versed in Latin dance styles, both traditional, folklorical dance um, and modern dances. So salsas and bachatas and merengues, um, a lot of partner dancing. Um, I think for a favorite style for me is that traditional stuff. The really? folklore. Yeah. So we what we say folklorical or folklore, right? Um, so folklore dance for me, specifically from the island where my family comes from of Dominican Republic, it, it's just so rich. And because it's folklore, it's one of those things that's it's passed down just by you got to be at the right place at the right time and be around the right people. Beautiful. Right. This is not something that is kind of being taught at dance studios um, around the world. But I think the connection for me is that I'm I'm one of three, three kids. I'm the only one out of my siblings that was not born on the island. I am the only like first gen mm. within my immediate intact family and although i speak the language there's still this there was still a disconnect so when this music came into my life and i learned to move to it and i learned the reason for the drums the, the reason for the costume the reason for every sway of every hip of every shoulder twitch i knew that it was going to be my favorite thing and to this day i still teach because it's one of those things again it's it needs to be preserved and passed yeah. down and so it's been a big part of my life and it was a big part of my, my healing journey. I know I shared when I was part of Ephra with you, where I met you, I had a great deal of loss in my early mid twenties and as much loss as I had in my life, dance is the one thing that always brought me back. Mm. I would call out of work. I would miss class. I would, you know, whatever it was. But if there was an opportunity to dance or to teach or to work through movement with other people, I was always going to show up. Yeah. Because it was so therapeutic for myself that I, I it, it was in those moments where I was like, yeah, I needed this. Yeah. No, oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I know like it reminds me, you know, growing up some things in my childhood weren't always ideal shall we say my father is yeah. abusive and so I experienced some childhood trauma showing up at the dance studio was always safe it was always a sacred yes. space and it was mine and it was my space yes. to like to be me and what I think was was so funny and I didn't actually realize this till much later you know as I started to pursue dance at a at a professional level it kind of mm -hmm. started to lose that almost like that innocence and that safety and that sacredness to me and it almost yeah. like then it got like twisted up in like this other thing where like you know the audition circuit is not mm. kind and rejection and you know being typecast right out at an audition and like yes, stuff like that yes. it was like oh what are you doing to like my sacred space like what is happening uh, I don't know if you're I'm stripping me of my sacred space <laughs> like, seriously. and I didn't realize yeah. it at the time but thinking back now I'm like 
yeah, that's what that was all about. And like, you know, I Uh found out pretty, you know, pretty quickly. I was like, no, this isn't, this is still going to be something for me and I'm going to do it on my terms. It'll still be part of my life, but to go to do it at that level, to continue doing it at that level was not going to be like healthy for me. Yeah. It was like almost like, I don't know, destroying something that was just so, so powerful and healing and special. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I learned so many amazing lessons, like even just like the discipline and just how to move my yes. body and be in my body and the strength that I had as like a kid growing up dancing. Like I definitely, I did start at three and did do like the classical, like belly tap <laughs> jazz, like that whole, yep. that whole thing. And, you know, certainly as I've gotten older, I've expanded into other um, styles of dance and I, I've not met a style yet that I don't like. So that's cool. Yes. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, Same it's, here. <laughs> it's so fun. But now it's really it's still back to more of that like free form, really just grounding mm. practice um, for mm-hmm. myself. That's just it's for me. Yeah, I love it. It's very sacred. And it's something that, you know, you should keep always keep it for Absolutely. yourself. It's it's it's. It's it can always be a safe space. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> as long as we make it, we make it that way for ourselves. We gotta make a safe space. <laughs> I think I'm yes. a, I think I like sacred spaces as the, maybe the episode title. <laughs> oh, sacred spaces! It's so it funny. It's 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 one of those things that I really tried to drive home as as a company director, as a pro, you know, as a studio director. It's there's something so sacred that we have to keep in those spaces. And I primarily work with youth. Uh, black and brown youth. So, you know, we we know the ins and outs of kind of like what's going on in the real world. Right. And so dance, I've always wanted to maintain it as home and safety and sacred. So a lot of conversations I have with students, movement that we share, uh, circle times and a lot of reflection we have together or even the way in which they interact with one another. Right. Because, you know, we're observers as as the authority or the adults in the room. We are observers and we have a responsibility. I always try to make sure that I'm catching instances where I feel where where it's not safe. Mm. Yeah. Where I feel like someone's sacred place is being taken from them and nip it in the bud. Because it can vary. It could spiral so quickly. And what a like disheartening thing to take away from a kid yeah the one space where they can be themselves and move freely yeah absolutely did you hear the news about our exciting new offering from the self-care cabaret we're calling it talk back if you're familiar with the theater space you may have participated in a talk back before after a performance the cast and crew will come back on stage to chat with the audience and answer questions think of it as a casual guided discussion Inspired by this and by popular interest, we've come up with a talkback for the Self-Care Cabaret podcast. Groups will listen to a podcast episode or two of their choosing. Then I'll come and lead your discussion either in person or virtually of those episodes, expanding on the big ideas. It's a great option for groups looking for short, impactful professional development or smaller teams looking to get an introduction to self-care and well-being. We have done a few of these so far, and let me say, they have been so much fun. So if you're interested in bringing a talk back to your group or organization, email podcast at drmcselfcare.com. And now, on with the show. 
It just reminded me my my last professional audition in New York City, and I I've not talked about this on the podcast was for Cirque du Soleil. It was a dance call for Cirque okay. du Soleil, so like epic, right? Like oh my god, mm-hmm, how cool mm-hmm. was that? I got had to submit a tape and all this stuff, and got invited to go, and great. It was awful. Like they had oh, us, no. they had us sardined in this tiny room where, oh. with this really obviously like intense combination where like up and down on the floor, rolling, kicking, like all kinds of, of stuff. And we were so crowded. I couldn't even, I couldn't move. Like I couldn't do it. And like, I tried and like, you know, they had us like teaching it like to the group and then they were going to break you down into smaller groups. And I remember like, I I was still trying, like, it's really tough to get me to like, to give up. So I'm still trying. I remember I'm like doing it and like some girl like, and like, cause it's just, it's so catty and cutthroat. And like, Mm. if you drop dead in the corner, they're just going to step over you. Feel the tension in the room. Yeah, no, it was awful. (laughs) And like, I remember like trying to do the combination. Some girl next to me like kicked me like it almost kicked me in the head and I'm like okay like <laughs> I'm out like I'm a, I gotta wave my white flag I'm like this is crazy <laughs> they can't see me there's way too many people in this room I can't do my thing and, like I left there and was just like obviously like you know I I did the best I could I did not get another call back that was the end of my, yeah. my Cirque du Soleil days but I just oh. remember leaving and just being like ew yuck what was that like why oh, no. yeah and it was just but I mean that was I needed you there Mozzie to be like uh-uh well <laughs> not, mm, we're, we're not, not a safe this. space anymore what's happening <laughs> safe space safe space <laughs> oh my goodness um so I'm wondering you know folks might be hearing us and being like geez maybe I danced as a kid or maybe you know I always wanted to okay. dance or it's never too late to start never too late never too late so how could someone though like get started like let's say they just I don't know wanted to try Mm. what would you suggest yeah I I, I'm all for at-home dance parties by ourselves with our partners with our animals with anyone (laughs) love it right I don't care if it's a portrait of your beloved you know mother or whatever it is for you right make it make it safe make it sacred make it make it fun. I think that another piece about dance is that we got to remember that it's, it's okay to have fun. Right. Um, so in terms of like dance training, and it's funny, I get this question a lot because I I am a dance therapist and, and, you know, and kind of do a lot of this work is that like, do I have to be, do I have to have this training to step into that kind of space or, you know, take the therapeutic element out of it? Do I have to have any kind of training before entering a studio, you know, at 15 years old, at 18 years old, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And the and the answer is no. No. The best thing, my go-to line whenever kids are um, entering my studio, or even I've taught adult classes in the past too, is like, well, I don't, I don't know how to, you know, this is a bachata class. I don't, and they come and they're like, I don't know how to bachata. So do you come do you come to a dance studio knowing how to dance? No, you don't come to bachata class knowing how to do bachata. That's why you're you here. You came to learn. <laughs> That's why you're here. Give me the newbies. Give me, I like my favorite people to work with are people that actually have zero training. Fun. Because there is so much fun and the exploration. Um, you get to see just kind of the like their mind really working to like get in tune with their body and become 
um, connected in that way, in a way that they have never been connected with it before, right? You know, I have to move my arms and my feet and I have to, there's my hips, then there's my torso, there's my shoulders. There's so much that we have to kind of coordinate as, as dancers. Is there anyone wanting to move in, the, in that space? Yeah, I, there's adult classes absolutely um, anywhere within certain communities. I think the biggest thing is just take the risk. Don't be afraid to be a beginner. Yeah. At whatever age you are and go take the class. Yeah. Don't be afraid to be a beginner for sure. Don't be afraid to be a beginner. Like be courageous to take the risk. What's the worst that's going to happen? I know you burn a few calories and maybe you learn. You burn a a few calories. (laughs) We met new people. We wasted an hour. Like we did something for ourselves. We wasted an hour, (laughs) maybe 15, 20 bucks. And we tried. We tried. Right. So I, I, I highly encourage anyone who, you know, who hasn't had the opportunity to connect with themselves in that way to step to step into a studio. Yeah. If they can. Nice. Yeah. I mean, and there are so many options, too, though, for like online yeah. stuff and, you know, free. Oh, my stuff goodness. And I mean, that's a great way. You just brought up an amazing point outside of the like at home dance parties. Like, hello, we live in a world where there's YouTube. <laughs> I, to this day, you know, I'm not a yogi. I, I YouTube my yoga classes. I do my, my practice. I check in with myself and I showed up. Right. So if the, if the fear is communal dancing and being around other people and taking the risk in that, in that sense, then do it from the safety of your home. Yeah. Maybe with a girlfriend, maybe with a partner, whatever it may be. But, um, yeah, I, I, something online, there's even, um, a lot of professors that um, professors and dancers who have established online only like dance training because they want to be able to reach far and wide. And so take advantage of those opportunities because never and ever (laughs) has there been the access to the arts than there is right now. Yeah, for sure. And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. I think if people go like, let's say you do that one class or you get yourself out there, like, don't just judge it all, though, based on that one time. Like, you might need to give it like no. what, maybe two or three, so, uh, at least a couple times. Yeah, you decide I would you don't say like, like it. three, three should be a minimum. Okay. Three's a minimum. <laughs> Three's a minimum. After, when you try something three times, you're like, yeah, I could tell this isn't for me. But maybe it's the dance style. Maybe it's the dance, you know, genre. Maybe we got to try something slower, faster. Yeah. Um, or a little different or eclectic and that's okay as well. Yeah, um, maybe but you're yeah. not vibing with the teacher. Maybe, I mean, there are not all teachers are great. <laughs> yes. There are so many different kinds of teachers with so many different kinds of personalities and dance training themselves. Sure. Um, so I, I encourage anyone like take, you know, try, right. It's the same way when you're seeking, you know, therapeutic services, if you try your first session, you're not going to quit up you're, and feel uncomfortable. You don't necessarily stop going. Right. Right. You go two or three or four times. Hopefully. If it's that, hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, and if it's not the right therapist, I hope that you find a new one. Yeah, for sure. Right. And, and so encourage and when we encourage people to look at it that way, give it a chance. Take a risk. Give it a chance. Don't be afraid to be a newbie. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. So I'm wondering, do you have like a favorite, I don't know, movement therapy practice? Like, is there something or like maybe, I don't know, a, a warm up or I don't know, just something that's like your kind of go to? Uh, 
Yeah, I actually love uh, my go-to is a lot of, of course, deep breathing, um, just because in terms of mindfulness, I think what we always forget is really the importance of our breath. Um, sure. <laughs> listen, right. Our heart, we all have heartbeats. That is the first rhythm that we have mm. since the day we're born. It is rhythm. It is music. It is in it's internal. It's literally, we are born with it. Right. So deep breaths, and really paying attention to to our heartbeat and kind of like taking time to notice that. Um, but also I do enjoy, um, this is great for uh, anyone who does a lot of remote work, um, who has maybe stressful, fast paced work, just really taking the time, like being intentional and tensing up your body and releasing. Mm. Right. Nice. And this can be in different parts of your body. It can be in your jawline. It can be in our shoulders. It can be in our fingers and our wrists, in our legs and our knees and our toes and our ankles. Tense them up intentionally and bring to that part of your body what it is that's bothering you. Right. So when I tense up my whole body, I'm going to bring to the to the front of my brain absolutely everything that is stressing me out right now. Right. Um making sure I, I have all my notes in on time, making sure that I pick up the 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 food for the pets and making sure I make my doctor's appointment and make it, whatever it is, right? And I have to call this person, I have to email this person, I have to text this person, bring all of that to the forefront. And even the crazy stressful things that our families and friends and you know this world is is really kind of surrounding us with is can we tense all of our body, bring that to the forefront and when we exhale and release, letting it go. Yeah. Just letting it go for that brief moment. The world is going to keep spinning around us. Those problems and those tasks and those concerns and those family members and friends, anything that we're dealing with will continue after that point. But can we take this moment to kind of let it go for ourselves? So it's a practice that I go to a lot. Um, So tensing and releasing just different parts of my body progressive muscle relaxation that is that is really helpful stuff even just do your Mm -hmm. hands like maybe people are listening and are like ah what like just start with your hands just make fists (laughs) fists really Really hard fists yeah yeah and the exhale let that go nice no you do feel like and that's the thing about like it's the cool thing about healing and and different practices and therapy Mm. and self-care and all that stuff like you're not gonna make stress go away like stress is still gonna be there but you change your reaction to it. And that's yes. the powerful stuff. That's what's yes. that's where you take the control back. Because now you're not gonna get all whipped up in the crazy. You're gonna you're gonna be able to come at things mm. more from a state of calm and more from a rest yes. and digest response and not a fight or flight. <laughs> yes. And it's yes. like there's yes. a lot out there. There's a lot going on. Things are things are crazy. Busy. A lot going on and what what is ultimately in our control? Yeah. Us and our bodies. Right. Yeah. The way we react to all the things that are going on. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I think you kind of already said this, but I just want to drive this point home. <laughs> I would you would recommend dance movement or even dance therapy, expressive therapy, anything yeah. like that to someone who's never done this before. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's actually if anything, I encourage new movers. I think it's just it supports that exploration mm. within yourself. Yeah. I, I, the best part, it's exploring the tool that you use every day. 
Yeah. That you take for granted and abuse every step mm-hmm. of the way in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny when I do a lot of stretches with my kids. I do like, you know, a lot of, I, I kind of say a lot of things as kids, as, you know, a dance educator of children, you kind of say a lot of funny, uh, there's a lot of funny imagery. Uh, but what I always say, we go stretch to our knees, stretch to our knees. I say, kiss your knees, kiss your knees. And, and they're like, ew, Miss Mousy. I'm like, what do you mean? They do so much for us all day. <laughs> they, they walk us around and they're holding you and supporting you in this dance movement and session right now. And um, yes, I highly encourage anyone with no training, no background to, to step into it just because it does let you explore the tool that you walk in every day. Yeah. Um, our body. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was great. So I'm wondering, you know, folks may want to connect with you. Mazi has amazing like videos of her dancing all the time. A little little snippets. I love (laughs) watching. Oh, they're beautiful. Great content. (laughs) So where can folks find you if they want to engage with you on social media or anything anywhere else? Yeah. So I'm most active on Instagram, uh, Masi, that's M-A-S-S-Y and movement uh, abbreviated to M-V-M-T. You could also follow my company page, which is Ritmos Dance Company. That's R-I-T-M-O-S, meaning rhythms in Spanish. Um, on Facebook is Masi as well and LinkedIn. Um, I would love to connect, love to chit chat. I don't care if you even want to watch my videos and dance along with me. Absolutely. That works as well. <laughs> um, I have to, I have to get to a place to do that. That's kind of in the, in the, in the visions in the, for, uh, in the forefront of kind of like what would be great to do is kind of what a lot of the, the stuff that you do, Teresa, and like really encouraging people to like, listen, I know you're scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're scrolling. Let's take a break and let's move together. And so I hope to do that in the near future, but please, yeah, follow me online. Let's connect. Awesome. And I hope to do more of it too. We got to get people up and moving. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I, you know, I'm all for car dance parties. I'm all for like just stopping in the middle of your work day. I don't care if you work at a school or an office or whatever, encourage your coworkers, encourage your staff, encourage your office to bring some movement into every day. Love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today on the Dr. MC Self-Care Cabaret Podcast. It's been an honor to chat with you. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Teresa. It's been so much fun. Mazi is so much fun, and I love our shared passion for movement. You couldn't see us, but I definitely wanted to get up and dance during that interview. I also do want to clarify, I made a sassy comment about movement burning calories during the interview, and I just want to clarify that movement is not about burning calories. There are far better outcomes for movement aside from anything to do with calories or burning anything. As I've talked about, I used to abuse exercise and movement as a means to restrict food intake and as a purging method. This was in no way healthy. And I was very sick during this time period. So I just wanted to qualify that sassy comment that that is not what I meant. Movement can help us to build strength and flexibility and learn a new skill, maybe ballroom dancing and so much more. There's also a mental health component to moving your body. It can be one of the best natural mood boosters and can also alleviate symptoms of anxiety 
and depression. That's way cooler than burning any calories. So what are you waiting for? Get up and move your body. Little things go a long way. Move while you're loading the dishwasher, brushing your teeth. Take a quick walk or my fave, throw on your favorite song and bust a move. My five minute dance parties. That's my favorite. I hope to start offering special pop-up virtual joyful movement dance parties for all bodies very soon. So be sure to stay tuned for those details and follow me on social media so you do not miss any updates and cool things that are in the works. But as always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel energized and empowered. And if you liked what you heard here today, subscribe and leave a review for this podcast on your preferred player. Follow along on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. MC Self Care or Dr. MC Self Care Cabaret on LinkedIn. You can also visit my website, drmcselfcare.com, for the latest updates and to sign up for the cast party, my e newsletter. And if you're interested in ever having me present to an audience near you, email info at drmcselfcare.com. Thanks again. Stay well and do good. 